welcome back. Yes. Thank you. I'm how <laughs> absolutely. I'm Howie Howard from the Long Play Listening Party. And we are oh Nate just made it back. Nate, I was gonna make a I was gonna start to make a running joke of the thing that Jared started where we we start the show before you're back, but you made it. So I uh, told you I just He was waiting outside the door. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a tight three minutes. Well yeah. done. You yeah. you time traveled one week and it was three all minutes. to make you look uh I wear the yeah, same outfit to make you look every yeah. day. <laughs> uh, we're all looking great. And I told Brent I had a question um, at the end of last week's episode. We we're talking about mixing. And Brent, you were talking about how you like to build a mix up from scratch. And so I just wanted to ask, like, sort of, and maybe that is its own answer, but like, what is your approach to mixing, right? Because there's lots of different schools of thought. Some people start with a kick drum, then snare or bass and go element by element. Some people use like the pink noise trick and like mix into pink noise until you can just hear everything. And that's, that's a rough I, balance. Nate's, yeah, Nate's experimented it's, it's, with that. Uh, it's, it's, it's effective. It, it really does shorten and make it less. Uh, um, yeah, you don't have to think so much about it because you know you have a rough balance of where each of you know everywhere everything you know and, and uh, across the the frequency spectrum should be and then you know just making the decisions of, of how uh yeah what type of uh where you need to focus yeah and i so i've really maybe only ever once or twice mixed something that that wasn't my own project so i'm always like adjusting levels as i'm tracking myself basically and kind of mixing as i go because it's my own thing and i need to hear a rough balance to in order to lay down the next part so that's all to say there's lots of different schools of thought whatever works for anybody is is good but brent like what works for you do you have a way you like to approach a mix yeah um i mean if i if i've got a mix so it's a stereo mix um then the way i want to approach it is um to listen to it through my uh console through the pre's through the bus compressor through the eq and then whatever i put past the eq um that i think it needs to maybe pull certain parts of the instrumentation out that are not being uh as easily conveyed and um You know, get 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 a get the mix built through that chain, and then uh, monitor it through the tape machine. If I'm going to monitor it through the tape machine, so so what I'm listening to is it, it, it is close of an approximation of what it's going to sound like through everything when I drop it to tape, mm -hmm. it, and if I'm going to tape. Um, and if not, then just monitor through the uh, 
you know, from a DA, DAW through the console and then listen to the mix bus and just mix it through that. And then if it's, and then usually, usually then I have to go listen to it a couple other places to decide um, what I think about it. In fact, the more and more I, I want to listen to it like the next day. Right. And, uh, you know, that rather than that night. And I like to, I like to think that I'm going to make like three revisions, you know, before I start, th start to think that it's uh, right or, or approaching right. Um, but I, I gotta admit, I haven't mixed the pink noise. I I, I gotta try this. I'm, that's probably what I'm it's, gonna do. I will try. I'll will find for the show notes and anyone who's interested. I'll I'll try and find. I mean, I'm sure there's a million websites that and yeah yeah I I, 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 know. I know of a couple. Um, yeah, if you have one you like, send it over and I'll I'll yeah. put that one. But then okay, so um, I mean, you're probably Brent. You're probably you probably have your ears are probably experienced enough that you know it might not be as you know much of a advantage or you know uh effective for you but i found it very helpful for me um when i really wanted to make sure uh you know my balance was 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 at least close and you know you 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 can find uh, is it frequency curves from you know tracks that you like, and you know, for the most part, it, you know they're somewhat similar. And I just found that when I mixed with pink noise, I was closer to that than when I was just kind of you know free free balling it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I got it. <laughs> no, I, I think that'd be very useful. And I, I have a, a generator on the console, too. So I can do that. Um, that makes it real easy. Yeah. Um, do you have... What about Brent? Like, um, so I'm in a band, and we've done a song or an album, and I'm sending you, you know, my, my multi-tracks, 40 tracks of drums and guitars and synthesizers and whatever. Ooh. How how do you like to approach that? Um, that I like to um, try to really open up everything I've learned from practice. Check everything. Know what I've got as far as the individual tracks. Um, and if I'm missing something, ask. You know, because sometimes you you just miss a, a track, you know. Um, but I like to take the every track and lay it out across my console if I can. I actually uh, fairly often get get tracks that have more than uh, 24 for my main channels. Um, so I have to get creative, uh, but that's easy to do in the studio. Um, but what I tend to do is lay everything out to one of my main 24 channels and then, uh, send it to 
one of my eight buses that are that are automatable and mm. so I'll, I'll group tracks to, you know I'll, I'll try to think about which what tracks I want to have VCA uh, fader automation on and then send them to the first eighth to go to my dual layer control section and then I'll send usually those go to directly relate to my um, subgroups but some some things can be sent to the subgroup uh, that don't go to the uh, dual layer control section but I ended I try to end it up where I can draw down any part of the mix with the eight subgroup faders or draw down any part of the mix with the eight automatable faders um, late lately that's been my approach to that makes it. yeah that makes a lot of sense and that's super automation even in the box is like a super underrated tool i think like just i was um i was working on some of my synth stuff just yesterday or the day before and i had noticed a section that was uh hitting something in my uh mastering plugins too hard and just and distorting and just saturating too much and i went in and it took less than a db of automation to just duck that part down a little bit and the distortion the bad distortion went away oh yeah and and those little automation moves are are everything yeah Man, you know i uh so you know logic is my dog choice right now and uh i'm sure there's well i would think there's something similar but i uh am running pro tools uh in the studio because uh, there's a couple projects that I, I need to have that so i can work it i'm bouncing stems down and i'm gonna work back and watch it but the clip gain in pro tools is pretty badass <laughs> yes because like all you need to do is just pick that little section of audio, take that clip thing down a little bit, and and, and it, you can even things out super quick, super easy. So yeah, Reaper like that, has I that too, and I love that it, too. It, it yep, I use that very, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that reminds me. But, of yeah, I mean, the same thing can be kind of accomplished for the volume automation too. So. What's it remind you of, Brent? Oh. There, I read this fabulous article about how you can use clip gain automation in Pro Tools to... I, I need to try to remember the way that the, where, where the article is coming from, but it was basically to where um, you, you would be achieving a similar effect as compressing the audio but by drawing in I, I think I think there's actually a button in Pro Tools where you can right click and hit print gain automation hmm. in, in Pro Tools right and so it will print you a track that essentially is like a perfect compressed track only it subtracts the um, the noise floor, I think, huh. Be because you, instead of 
boosting everything, you're boosting from the clip automation, I believe. It, it, you can Google it, but it sounded yeah. like a really cool thing to be using Pro Tools for. Yeah. Interesting. It's been a while since I heard of a uh, innovative Pro Tools feature. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it was intentional, but I think it's, it's definitely a cool article about how you could really. I mean, I think that it's improved. I don't want to pay for it month by month, and I, I I've always thought, and it's just probably just a bias, and I probably need to to to, to keep my mind open and try it out. But it always seems very clunky to me. Mid implementation, I mean, like all, like you know, plugin automation, everything like we can like it, it, especially with logic, it just seems like it's just accessible like it's intuitive you know what you need to do and pro tools i know it does the same thing and i've done it since i figured out how to do it but and you know the worst would just say like read the fucking manual but, <laughs> right but you know i'm not gonna, and, i mean that and manual, I was in, sorry, what is it like hundreds of pages i'm so sure well like, the, the official reaper manual is super long too yeah um and i'm not trying to start a whole thing it's you know whatever gets the job done but um I was I was trying to be nice. I mean, we've uh, we've taken our shots at Pro Tools over the years, and uh, I was trying to point out, hey, here's a cool. Even if it's a hack, you know, great great little Pro Tools feature, maybe that's cool. I mean, I mean, it's it's. It, I mean, it's it's the the what I'm using now. I think I think it's Studio. It might be Ultimate. It's free for 30 days, so I'm not paying for it right now. I'm hoping to get a lot of stuff kind of out of the way. Um, I think there's a project that's probably gonna take you know another month or two uh, so I'll have to kind of get that extension yeah but um, you know it's not it's not bad I know that worse and I tried to do some of the avid link stuff and just never worked uh, it was always it, something always was wrong we could never get it to do exactly what it's supposed to do and he may know more about that now but uh, Oh, and speaking of Roy's uh, Brent, uh, I know that he has been uh, doing a lot uh, with immersive sound treatment, and his, like in the studio he has, he's got like a, a control room and a uh, vocal tracking room, just small, and then they've got a big kind of soundstage room, and uh, they put a lot of work into it, and now they're kind of getting into that immersive audio space, which. I don't know, like if you know a whole lot about it, but I would love to get Royce on at some point, and probably you too, um, to kind of like, you know, brainstorm on on that stuff and have, because I would like to have an explanation. I think Royce would do a really good job at kind of breaking it down. But I would love that too. I, think, uh, I mean, I, I think about that too. Yeah. That, that's the next step. That's the next level. I think. Yep. Yep. So I mean, you know, when when but it's hard know, to have a space that you can that actually is you know made to to do that. But yeah. So I yeah I would love to uh, to find out about that. Uh, I'll add that to the uh, to the idea list. Introduction to immersive audio with Royce and Brent. Yes. I'm saying that out loud like that so that in. when I edit the show, I remember to, to go and add it to the list. 
Some so, of Logic's, yeah. Logic has that binaural pan stuff, which is, I, I use it a lot, just because it has the what? A binaural uh, panning. Uh huh. So there's, you know, uh, uh, I'm losing, uh, I'm forgetting the, the terms, but you've got your regular panning, you know, your stereo panning, you could move, uh, you know, and you've got your, you know, minor tracks, it's just placement, right? And then the binaural uh, has it where you can move the audio. It's sort of up and down and, and to the sides. Uh, and you can automate that too. Uh, and I also have some like three day, 3D and sort of pseudo spatial plugins that I'd like to experiment with. But you know, that having that just, oh, yeah. like, just experience would, uh, yeah. yeah. I feel yeah. like such a jerk that I didn't come down to go to the, uh, it was like the 25th annual uh, Midwest uh, electroacoustic festival at, the, at Kansas City, Kansas Community College, right? Okay, yeah. I can't remember what it was that, like, why I, you know, crapped out. I was wondering because I, I know you, you you talked about it, and I was like, oh man, that would be cool. And then uh... yeah, that that was what really got me hooked on that whole idea. Um, see, because I ran like the sound with you know when I was in school there in like 2000 2001 uh, maybe and that those were like the third or fourth years or whatever if, if this is the 25th annual one but they do eight 8.1 surround sound well they might hell they probably do like 18.1 by that <laughs> I, I haven't even been there I, that, I, does that yeah. exist really like oh, I've heard of nine one oh I, you can go you can do anything you got the cords I, I the, guess so that, that, that's, back, back in 2000 they you know they did 8.1 just um, with two ADATs well you wow. know they, they, they would just have artists you know matrix their songs to our, our, you know our, or maybe even yeah I think I think I think it was two ADATs maybe for left and right that, that probably makes sense but anyhow, that's how I know we used ADETs back then, but there was eight eight point one back then. But there was phenomenal uh, yeah. movement, you know. So, uh, so I think I, I know. Nate, I, I I I hate to cut you off, but I think okay. um, so. We're having a thunderstorm right now in Lawrence, and my lights have flickered a couple times, and I'm afraid. If I don't stop the recording and save the show, I might actually lose everything. Okay. So let's we can stay on the call and keep chatting, but I think for the sake of the edit, uh, let's let all the listeners and watchers go for this week. We'll be back uh, next week with more show. Uh, listeners, <laughs> if you want to reach out to Brent to potentially mix or master your music, uh, you can find him on Instagram at uh, rentasynther. That's rent, A-S-Y-N-T-H-R. Link in the description. Or email him at rentasynther at gmail.com. Until next week, uh, this has been the Long Play Listening Party. Later, everybody. Thank you, guys. <laughs>